0: Deuteronomy chapter 8, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to read a text here and preach for a little while. Talk to you tonight from what the Lord has laid on my heart. Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I'm going to begin with verse number 2. And I will skip over f- from verses 5 through 13 tonight, and reading on down through verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 2. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Watch, get this as I'm reading it now. To humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart. Whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only. But by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Verse 14. Then thine heart be lifted up, And thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought and where there was no water who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint who fed thee in the wilderness with manna which thy fathers knew not that he might humble thee And that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. I want to preach for a little while tonight about temporary troubles. Temporary troubles. Lord, help us tonight to speak what you've laid upon our heart That every heart and every life tonight in this room, every person under the sound of my voice tonight, God, may be touched by your word and by your power. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. The question was raised, why does God allow the devil access to our lives to buffet us? First of all, I believe that God allows Satan to buffet us. The only way that Satan can touch a child of God is if God has granted him access. And God grants Satan access to buffet us because he has confidence in us that we, like Job, will not fail him through our afflictions. But the reason that Job didn't fail God were many. But I I want to point out a few of those here at the onset of this message tonight. First of all, Job was in a constant state of intercession. Secondly, Job maintained an attitude of pursuing righteousness through his affliction. And thirdly, Job was determined that he was going to be diligent in avoiding all evil. So my question tonight is understanding that God allows things to happen in our lives. Why do we allow the temporary troubles of life to rob us of our joy, of our peace, and of our contentment? But there's another aspect of this passage and of this message that I want to explore tonight because I I want us to understand that some trials are brought on us by God himself. God will never tempt you, but he will test you. Satan will tempt you, and the only way that Satan can tempt you is if God grants him access into your life. And if you are dealing with temptation, know that God is aware because the only way that Satan has access to tempt you is that God has said, I will remove my hand enough to allow you to tempt him because I am going to prove what the power of the Holy Ghost can do through their life. But then there is the testing of God in our life. Did you notice that the Bible says that the children of Israel, that God suffered them to hunger? The scripture that I read into your hearing tonight simply said that He humbled them and He suffered them to hunger. He fed them with manna that they knew not of, which their fathers didn't even know know about. And he, He provided everything that they needed. He gave them clothing and shoes and food. That means that God let them get hungry and let them get thirsty. He let them get in tight places and times of distress and discomfort. Now, I wonder, am I talking to anybody tonight that when trouble comes in your life, you feel like you're all alone? God will let you get hungry sometimes. And He will let you get in a place where your back is against the wall. And He will allow the Red Sea to stand before you when the Egyptian enemy is closing in on you. But it doesn't mean that God has forgotten you. He will let you go through the fiery furnace. He will let you spend the night in a hungry den of lions. He will let us wait before He fulfills the promise in us. All the while, God has a purpose for the trial that He is allowing us to go through. Why is that pastor? I don't have every answer but I want to help you tonight to understand some things I believe that it is so God can prove to you and I that when we put our faith and trust in him that we can stand through the trial of our faith and through the testing of God in our lives and the temptations that Satan brings into our life that God all the while is watching over us saying I will not allow you to put more on them than what they are able to bear and I'm going to prove to Satan once again, although I proved it with Job, I am will prove it once again that I have built a hedge about them and I am can, in control of their future and of their destiny, but I will only grant you enough access to buffet them because I am growing something and building something in their life that is going to trouble you on down the road a little while. My wife made a a social media post a few days ago, confused some folks because maybe they didn't understand what they were talking about because maybe they don't know what our family has been through and some things that we have walked through in our life. But she simply made a statement that was kind of attached to a Kirk Franklin song that some of you are aware of. And it kind of goes something like this, if you only knew what they were going to be after the storm, you wouldn't have even bothered Because what the storm has done, what the pain has done, what the trouble has done is it has built some character and some things in some lives that people are able to walk through the fiery darts of the devil and look the enemy in the face and say, You ought to never put me through that because I'm coming out wiser and stronger and more powerful than I've ever been before. Look at your neighbor and tell them trouble don't last always. The good news, according to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, in the 15th and through the 18th verse, is that all of these things are just temporal in our lives. The word temporal simply means for a while, for a season, for a short while, lasting only a limited time period. Remember what God says. To do the, in our text tonight, remember that God said that he allows these things in our life to do the good at the latter end. (laughs) Can I just say it kind of like this? It doesn't matter what you're going through today, but at the latter end, if he says, well done. All that really matters is at the end that he says, well done. Oh, this is just temporal. The pain is temporary. The sorrow is temporary. The grief is temporary. It's just a little while here, but for eternity, he's going to be saying, well done. Here is a crown of life. I want somebody to understand tonight that what you're going through today is not going to last always because the storm will pass. The emotional battle is not eternal. The financial struggle is not eternal. The sickness is not eternal. That that job situation that makes you miserable is not eternal. It is only temporal. The problem that makes you cry is not eternal. The pain of betrayal and deception is not eternal. All of these things are temporal, but yet we allow it to affect our walk with God. Oh, I'm meddling a little bit with somebody tonight, but I want to tell you that the Lord allows some of those issues in our life to build us and to make us stronger and better. You ought to know tonight that you can come through whatever you're dealing with stronger than you have ever been before. Pain is temporal but quitting is permanent. Tell your neighbor it's just temporary. You may be crying about it today, but you'll be smiling again in a little while. You may be broke today, but you'll have more than enough in a little while. You may have pain in your body today, but healing is on its way. You may be walking through the valley today, but victory's on the way. You may be going through it today, but I've already told you it's just temporary. It's just temporal. We don't rip out the plumbing just because they turn the water off for a little repair. You know, when the lights go out in the middle of a storm, we don't throw a hissy fit and fire the electric company. Nobody enjoys the setbacks. Nobody em- enjoys the, the, the trouble and the inconvenience of life. Life is full of trouble. James, I believe he said, was something like this. Life is a few days and full of trouble. But the good news is, trouble don't last always. And the trouble that you're going through, child of God, God is walking with you. And he's going to see you out the other side of it don't feel like you're by yourself don't feel like you're alone just because people fail you people let you down people don't get it right all the time I don't get it right the church doesn't get it right your family doesn't always get it right we all make mistakes but God always gets it right because he said in everything in your life all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose while you're going through it and saying nobody knows God said I know and I'm working it for your good and I'm working it for your favor listen why pastor why so much struggle the wilderness was never supposed to be fun it was never intended to be a safari it was not a weekend camping trip If it was comfortable, they would enjoy it too much. Mm, Ain't nobody going to help me? That's why we get so caught up wanting God to make our life better. Our prayers, I don't know where the number came from. Maybe it was a theoretic number. But a number that Sister Vesta Mangan threw out. She said 95% of the prayers that we pray are temporal prayers. Heal me, make my life better, bless me, give me more finances, better car, better home, better family. Help me, Lord, to live better in this life. The wilderness is not supposed to be comfortable. Herein is the mentality that the church has got a war against. I preached, I talked to you on Wednesday night. I talked to you on Wednesday night about, about the, 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 the world and how the influence of the world is affecting us. We got to be careful or we'll get the mindset of the world trying to make this life better, trying to make this life all it can be because, you know, after all, there's only one life to live. Forget about the comfort and ease down here. You're just going to make it a little easier. You're just, it's like taking. It's like taking a Tylenol when you've got cancer. It might make you feel better for a few minutes, but you still got something gnawing away at you. This life is only short. It's at best going to be rough. You're going to go through it down here, but we got to look behind and know God never intended for it to be that much fun here. He wants us to look to heaven and say, that's what it's all about. Let me hear him say, well done. The wilderness was supposed to be difficult and undesirable. The wilderness was intended to be hot during the day and freezing cold at night. God designed it that way and God put the people in the wilderness. He could have led them through. The scholars say that it was only about a 14 day journey. But they got stuck for 40 years because they were not ready and could not handle the promised land. A lot of churches get tied up in the wilderness because we have not learned the lesson that we could learn in 14 days. But 40 years later, we're still trying to learn the same lesson that God allowed us to go into a 14-day trial over. Well, either it's stepping on your toes or going right over your head. One of the two. The wilderness wasn't supposed to be fun. The ground was supposed to be hard. They were supposed to get hungry and thirsty. They were supposed to hate the wilderness. And they moaned and groaned and grumbled and wanted to go back to the bondage of Egypt because it was better there. God intended for them to hate their surroundings. Deadly poisonous snakes, fiery serpents the Bible said. And scorpions. How many of you want the wilderness? They were supposed to love God and be thankful for His daily provisions but hate the wilderness. But instead they hated the daily provisions. Because it didn't compare to the world that they had come out of. God wanted them to hate the wilderness so much that they would run into their promised land. But instead they wandered in their despair and in their trouble for 40 years because of their disobedience to God and unwillingness to allow the test to perform its purpose in their life. Don't get hung up in the wilderness. Look at your neighbor and tell them, Pastor's preaching tonight. Don't get hung up in your wilderness. Don't get tied up in your wilderness. Some of you are already trying to figure out, I'm just looking for a place that I can build a log cabin here. I want to stay here for a while because I'm tired of walking. You better decide I'm going to fight through this thing, run through this thing. It's only supposed to be 14 days. Why have I been here 40 years? we got to get out the other side. The problem is as they they got adjusted to a wilderness mentality and they got comfortable just getting by and satisfied with just enough. (laughs) Well, I got enough gas to put in the car. Got enough to keep the lights on, just enough to survive, just enough peace to keep my sanity, but not enough to sleep at night. Got just enough faith to believe that I'll go to heaven when I die, but not enough to believe that I can walk in the divine influence of God in this life. Yes, God gave them just enough. God gave them enough manna from heaven, enough water from the rock, enough clothes that didn't wear out, enough shoes that didn't wear out. But all of that was just provision for the journey. He only intended it to be a 14-day journey, but they turned it into a 40-year experience. It was, just, it was only given them to sustain them until they got to something better what God is doing in your life, the blessings of God in your life may not be in your life to make you happy. He's trying to get you someplace that he's trying to take you to. We've got to get out of the ideology that, you know what, I'm looking forward to January. We do the fast boy. We're going to blow this place out. It's going to be awesome in January and February. I look forward to church in January and February. I do more than you can possibly imagine. But you know what? We need to get into a mentality, a prayer and fasting 12 months out of the year revival 12 months out of the year Holy Ghost falling 12 months out of the year healing happening in December that's what I'm talking about we gotta live in the promise of God we're supposed to transition from the wilderness of just enough into the promised land of more than enough I wish that somehow I could maybe convey better what I'm trying to get across to us tonight. Don't get satisfied and comfortable with this. This is designed to be temporary. There is a purpose to it. Well, I don't see the purpose, Pastor, so it must not be. See, that's why God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Just because you don't see the purpose in it, God has a purpose in it. There are some things I can't explain. I, I don't even attempt to explain it. I have no idea, but I do believe that God is speaking to the church to not forget that this is temporary because there is a promise that is still coming to you. We can't afford to get a a wilderness mentality. This is only temporary. We need to tell ourselves it's just temporary, and I'm not going to get stuck here, and I'm not going to build a house here. I'm going through this. I'm getting out the other side of it. Yes, God is good to me. God has blessed me, but don't allow me to hinder somebody else by blocking the path that God is trying to lead them to, by trying to build a house in a wilderness. I'm not going to be satisfied till I get to the promised land. Well, boy, we talk a whole lot around here about giving. We talk a lot around here about revival and about souls and about a harvest. Pastor, when are you going to be satisfied? When are you going to be happy? I'm not going to be satisfied till every every soul, not only in Frankfurt, not only in Clinton County, but in this entire region of north central Indiana is living for God according to His way. If there's one soul left, I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm going to keep preaching. going to keep worshiping. We're going to keep figuring out a way to reach them because this world's not my home this is temporary oh god help me of course there're days thank god we have a we have a beautiful home god's blessed us with we need to remodel a lot of it. There's several parts of it that's falling apart. My Lord, we've raised three boys in it. And they about tore the place apart. And then what they don't tear apart, they bring all these great saints kids from the church. We find them throwing oranges through the house. Wake up to sounding like the roof just fell in. Go in to find them wrestling on mama's couch. I thank God for the blessings he's given us. We would love to have a house that fits our lifestyle a little bit better. I'd love to have a house that had an attached garage. There's several things that I could wish for and want. And perhaps we could have them. We could invest so deeply here that it would prevent what God is trying to do in our lives. But we made up our mind that I would rather, I would rather invest, I'd rather invest in a work in Kenya than on a mansion down here. I'd rather supply the finances that's needed to do evangelism and outreach in our community and abroad, in our region, than I would have a mansion on a hillside somewhere. Nothing wrong with the blessings of God in your life. Just don't get so comfortable with it. I hope, I hope my heart is coming through to you tonight. This is just temporary. We're not going to take one bit of it with us. Not one block of gold are you going to take with you. Not one dollar bill are you going to take. They can bury it with you. It ain't going to do you any good on the other side. The Egyptians have tried it a long time. They're digging up the tombs now and robbing them so they can put it in museums because they thought they were going to need it in the, in, the, in the other life on the other side. But I'm going to tell you, you didn't bring one thing into this world and you're not going to take one thing out of this world. You came from dust and you're going back to dust. The only thing you're going to take with you is what you do for the Lord. We, come on, church. We've got to... All the things that's lining up. If you think that oh, I've got my whole life ahead of me, you better look around you. The, the in the, the shape of this world. I didn't intend. I'm way off of my notes right now. But the shape of this world, the shape that this world is in, you better do everything you can to get you yourself saved, your family saved, your neighborhood saved, and do the will of God. Because I believe Gabriel is standing with the trumpet in hand, waiting, saying, "Go ahead, Lord. Whenever you say it, I'm ready to blow the trumpet." If you think the stirring in the world it's just something that's just happening and oh well I've seen it before you need to pay close attention it's never happened like it's happened now this world's not our home the hope of the church is that we're gonna see him and he's gonna say well done yeah. we gotta fall out of love with this world oh Apostle Paul, he had a grip on it. He said, you think you're in heaven? It's just for a while. Matter of fact, almost in sarcasm, he says, you're light affliction. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day. They're talking about what they've been through, all the troubles and tests and trials they had been through. You know, they got up one morning and had a flat on their car, belt buckle broke, (laughs) only had, you know, three sets of clothes that matched. Talked to somebody else, they said, oh, you want to know about trouble? You ought to wake up in the morning with somebody holding a gun to your head saying, you want this to be the last day to live? kind of puts life in perspective doesn't it a little run in the hose is not nearly as important is it when we put things in perspective i got a hangnail, so be it i'm going to the house of god i got a headache so be it i'm in the house of the lord you know why because this world's not my home this is just temporary i'm suffering i'm struggling i'm 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 going through it but you know what it's just temporary i got my eyes on something that is greater It's just a temporary setback. The Apostle Paul said it's a light affliction. He must have been comparing our troubles with the troubles of Jesus because sometimes we feel like our affliction is so heavy and it's greater than everything else. The Apostle Paul must have been comparing it to our Lord when he said it's just light affliction. Then he said, which is but for a moment. (laughs) You know why he said it's for a moment? Well, Pastor, it's not been for a moment. I've been going through this for years and years and years. But in light of eternity... It's temporal. Sometimes you hear people talk about midnight. The strange thing about midnight is it's not morning and it's not night. It's, it's midnight. Boy, it sounds rough, doesn't it? It only lasts for 60 seconds. Midnight hour is critical because that's when, you know, things can go either way. I'm trying to encourage somebody tonight to know that the Lord is trying to work things in your life. Paul and Silas with beaten backs, humiliated, thrown into the darkest and most filthiest part of the prison at midnight, prayed and sang praises to the Lord. God shook the jailhouse off its foundation, opened up every door, set every prisoner free, brought salvation to the jailer and to his house, all because they chose to praise God in their midnight hour. They knew that the morning could be the end of their life, but they knew it was only temporal. So in the temporal moment, they said, you know what? I'll still magnify. I'll still praise. I'll still give him honor. I'll still give him glory. Somebody ought to begin to praise God tonight because you believe the word of God and know that what you're going through is just temporary. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Job had troubles and pain. It was only for a nine-month season of his life. And then God gave him double for his trouble. Paul said that our lot of afflictions, which is only for a moment, get it, worketh for us. He had my benefit in mind all the time. I know it just sounds like rhetoric, doesn't it? But it's the word of God is filled with it right there is a good place for somebody to get joy in their life because whatever it is you're going through, God's working it for me. He's working it out for me. When the devil's hitting me and attacking me and attacking my body and lying on me and attacking my marriage and my finances and my mind and my ministry, God is working it for me. He's given him just enough room to be able to get in to see what I'm made out of. Somebody needs to hear me today. God is working it for your good. It's good for you. Maybe not be what you want right now. But it is working for our favor. I don't like to work out. It's obvious. It makes my muscles sore. But there's one thing I've learned about it. If I'm going to make any progress, i got to work through the soreness. I got to work through it because out the other side, there's going to be benefit to all of it. Somebody needs to make up in their mind, you know what? I'm going to work through this. And when I come out the other side, I'm going to be stronger and wiser. I'm going to be ready to fight the good fight of faith. I've been through some battles so I know how to pray now. I've been through some struggles so I know how to praise him now. I've been through some hardships and I know how to stand when I couldn't figure out how to do anything else. I've been through some hardships and I've learned how to rebuke the devil. I've been through some things that would cause most people to give up, but I learned to sing in the midnight hour. I've learned how to fight not as one that beateth the air, but I know how to defeat the enemy in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Duggar's here tonight. Many of you have already heard the testimony, but it was just a few weeks ago on a Sunday night when he started having every symptom of a heart attack. He called me. He thought it was the end. I could hear it in his voice. We got to where he was. His blood pressure was high enough that it ought to already sent him into full cardiac arrest. They took him. We prayed over him. They took him to, to the to ER. They hooked him up on a machine. His blood pressure was at the top of the chart. I sit there, and every three to five minutes, I watch that machine as it dropped five points, eight points, five. Five points, eight points, five points, eight points until it got down to normal. They ran blood tests, came back. there's normal. I can't find anything. And the Lord said, I might have just done that to increase your faith, preacher man, to know that I've still got it all in control. Let's get done with doubt. I'm done with doubt. I'm going to speak faith into everything. Oh, you, oh, there's switching to be a brand new man born in this pulpit. You come to me with your fear and your anxiety and your doubt. I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to speak faith into it. Because nothing happened with sitting around and moaning and groaning about what we're going through. It's temporal, it's temporal, it's temporal, it's temporal, it's temporal, it's temporal. We're going to come out the other side of it. And that's eternal. God's going to see you through it. God's going to walk with you. We're coming out. Oh, somebody give God the best praise you have in your storm. Give him praise. In your pain, give him praise. In your hardship, give him praise. We need to get enough faith in our life that all we can see, I don't see sickness anymore. All I see is stripes on his back that I am healed. I don't see financial problems anymore. All I see is the word of God saying, and my God shall supply all of my needs. Come on, don't see the wilderness anymore. Declare to the enemy and to God, my God is able. My God is able. My God is able. Come on, see yourself blessed. See yourself healed. See your children saved. See yourself restored. See your anointing returning. See your finances blessed. Excuse me, I think I got something in my eyes because I'm not seeing very clear. All I'm seeing is faith, 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 faith. I'm seeing revival we've been praying for. I'm seeing the harvest we're believing God for. Oh, let's just stand and give God praise in the house. Just stand and give him praise in the house. I got a lot more preaching to do but I'm not going any further. The Lord is wanting to move in the house. Somebody needs to respond right now. You need to step out on faith right now and declare to the enemy this is temporal. I am not accepting this as my residence. This world is not my home. I'm passing through. It is behind me. I'm moving forward by faith. God is going to make a way. God is going to see me through it. Come on, make a bold step of faith tonight. Declare it in the name of Jesus. Declare it in the name of the Lord. Yes, it's temporal. I'm looking for the eternal. Come on, praise him in the hardship. Praise him in the struggle. Praise him in the pain. Praise him in the anguish. Praise him in the suffering. Praise him because he's good. Praise him because you know he's got it in control. Somebody be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. There could be miracles happening in this room right now. Healing could happen in this room right now. Emotional healing, spiritual healing, physical healing, financial restoration. Lay hands on somebody next to you. Pray over them like you're praying for yourself. Somebody could receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost right now. Receive it in the name of Jesus. God's not against me. God is for me. If God be for me, who can be against me? He's on my side. Yes! Woo. Oh. Yes. There's enough faith in the house to move mountains right now. Speak it out in the name of the Lord. Speak to that mountain right now in your life. Speak it in the name of the Lord. Don't be timid about it. Don't be bashful about it. Speak it in the name of the Lord. Financial stress has got to go. Sleep has got to return. Stress has got to go out of my life. My job situation has got to be rectified tomorrow in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My family problem has got to be healed in the name of Jesus. I will accept have nothing less than healing. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Satan is a liar and the father of lies. Cast him out. Speak faith into it. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Oh, come on, let's talk to him. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Oh, yes, God. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Oh yes Lord, 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 Lord. I'll walk through the pain for your purpose. I'll walk through it, Lord, because you've got a plan. I'm trusting your will, God. I'm trusting your way, God. I can't figure it out on my own, but I'm trusting you with it. I'm walking with you, God, because you've not forsaken me. You've not left me, God, but I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to keep on pushing. I'm going to keep on striving. I'm going to keep on working, keep on laboring. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, Hallelujah. 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 That's it. I believe God's doing it for somebody. I believe God's making a way for somebody. I believe God is answering somebody for somebody. He's heard your prayer. He's heard your cry. Go ahead and start thanking Him in advance. Go ahead and start praising Him in the middle of the midnight hour. Know that God's going to fix it. Know that God's going to turn it around. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, 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 Lord. hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Come on, let's make a great great push right now. Come on, we're going to press through this wall right now. We're going to break through into the next dimension that God is wanting to take us to. Come on, by faith. We're going to do it by faith in the name of the Lord. Somebody speak the name of Jesus over it. Just speak the name of Jesus. The authority is in the name of Jesus. The power is in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let it be done. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Yes, yes, yes.